welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. So what's up, everybody? I, I like that everyone's talking in the comment section. Um, and I also want to say how much I'm loving people being in the face, the closed Facebook group. So if you don't know about this yet, um, I, here's here's why I think this is interesting. I did um, like a FaceTime on Instagram today with someone. And I was saying that like they teach like uh, much younger kids than I do. I think it's kindergarten class. And they were just like trying to find somebody that taught kindergarten that maybe went through this experience that taught maybe in the same kind of area that they do. And I said, well, why don't you go on the on the Facebook group and just drop your question in there? Because when you're in there, you just start seeing all these. Um, this is Real Rap with Reynolds teacher talk uh, closed Facebook group. Right. And it's closed because we don't want like I don't want you to share something. And then that someone's parent is in there or like there's a kid in there or something like that. So it's all people in education that want to be in education eventually. And so it's, um, but all the comments that folks are leaving are like really awesome. Somebody the other day was like, hey, um, and I'm going to get into your questions in just a second here. I'm waiting for people to jump in here. But uh, they asked if, um, if anyone spoke Spanish and then they got like a gazillion answers underneath of like people that speak Spanish because they were from Brazil. And I just, I just love this idea that all of this that's going on over here in the comment section is like jumping over to being a part of like the, to, to this other thing. Can you look that John up for me real quick? Can you just pick anything? Um, so we're going to get started here in, in a moment. Um, let me just, uh, I see Tracy Pinter in here and Jesse and Birch and Hales Teach and Mr. Tran. And Indy Kitty, man, I don't feel like we haven't seen Indy Kitty in a minute, right? Maybe yeah, not. Yeah. I noticed that little cat with the sunglasses situation on there. Uh, Caitlin's World, it was supposed to start already. That was my bad. Um, and so for those of you that are jumping in, I had to go visit, or I went to go visit my grandmother in the hospital this evening. And so that's why I was late getting back and uh, I had not planned it at all. So um, I do want to talk about Teachers Connect, but I'm going to wait for a moment to do that. Um, and so I'm going to answer, I'm going to jump into some of your questions. I'm going to try and be fast and furious tonight because I feel like, uh, I don't want to hold anyone. Um, especially if you've been waiting, uh, let me see. It's the wife for life is, is getting dinner ready. Um, I don't know what it's gosh. I'm so, I really feel old sometimes when I don't know what like acronyms mean. So just incredible studios is saying in the process of becoming a substitute teacher, WBU, what's that mean? I don't know. You don't know either. <laughs> Are we old? Did we just instantly get old in that moment? Is that what happened, or has it been happening slow and crazy? Uh, did I miss it? Oh, this is a lot of people. So, if you have questions, throw them in there. I'm I'm scrolling through this feed, but it's a lot of people wondering if they missed it, and I'm like. No, I did. Uh, I'm hoping a teaching job. Uh, gosh, we are a class act this evening. I appreciate everyone hanging in there because we're we're trying to get it together here. Um, so I'm gonna mess. So 
Vanna banana. So here's here's a, a really great idea someone gave me recently, and I'm gonna start doing this. I think. I think we're gonna make short little videos based on the most common questions. So right now, uh, Vanna banana, which is a really great name, is saying uh, I'm in a master's program, basically in the year before becoming a first year teacher. Any advice? Uh, like I get that sort of question a lot. And I just think, cause my answer is always to just start teaching, like go find someone to tutor, look on Craigslist. Um, maybe I'm, I'm not sure where else you could find tutoring opportunities. Do data ABC, uh, which is a company that I was affiliated with last year that seemed to really work for some people. My friend, Stephanie Henry, um, started working for them and she really liked it. Uh, and then you make decent money doing that also, and you start teaching as well. So I think we're going to start making short little videos that I can sort of refer people to so we can get to some of the other questions um, because my answer is typically the same for that. So, uh, but I do want to talk about this. I do want to talk about my friends at Teachers Connect uh, and my friend Frank that many of you see in the comment sections a lot and stuff. And he's always like kind of working on something and we're working on something with him actually now to do uh, like a teacher collab that's going to come out later in the month. But he runs a site um, called Teachers Connect and Teachers Connect is a space where any teacher can go on there, just plug in your information. It's completely free. You can ask questions, you can post things, you can tell people where to find your YouTube channel or your blog, or you can post other things from YouTube channels or blogs that you like. And so if I'm on there, I might like post one of my videos and tell people where they can find it, but I might also answer questions from other folks. And it does a really good job of like kind of breaking down that sort of like barrier from being a teacher alone in your room and give, now giving you someplace to go. And so this week, uh, Wandiza asked, she said, hi, teacher friends, I have a question that when, when is your good, good enough as a teacher? I felt like as a teacher, that's a great question. I felt like as a teacher, we know that there's always something that could be better, but oftentimes it feels like it's never enough. It would be nice to just hear good job every now and then with no strings attached. What do you guys think about this? I think, so I think, you know, it's, it was a Gandhi that said, be the change you want to see in the world. I, I think that that would be my answer is what I know when I feel like I am underappreciated, when I am completely unappreciated when I, when no one says thank you. And I just get a whole bunch of crap from people. My jam is to go to school and make somebody else's day, right? Cause I can't be the only person that's dealing with that. Like I ha there has to be other people out there. And that can be something as simple as, um, when I'm driving to school, instead of like driving like a maniac, which I may or may not do. I mean, I'm not as bad as my wife, but, uh, they, <laughs> they, I'll like let someone go ahead of me. If I'm merging and there's that one dude that wants to wait to the last second, it's like, bro, today's your lucky day. I'm going to let you right in. Um, maybe I get an extra cup of coffee. Maybe I will. Um, with, sometimes I'm at the copy machine and you know, like, I don't know if you guys run into this, but everyone like just leaves all their copies. Like they'll send them from the room to the copy machine. There's like a gazillion copies. If I see someone stack that I know who it is, let's put it in their mailbox for them. So they only have to look for all that madness on there. So I think that's my answer is like, uh, what do you do when you're feeling unappreciated or underappreciated? Do nice stuff for other people. Create the change that you yourself want to see in the world. Um, there's that lover. Uh, let's see. Go to the bottom. Just go to the bottom. Yeah. Got it. Until I can figure it out. Uh, 
My f- oh, Turtle's on here. Jalen Terrell is the one making all the turtle. Who's that? He is one of my students. And Do you call him Turtle? We call him Turtle because his last name's Terrell. And turtle Terrell. Terrell the Turtle. Yeah. So <laughs> he's on here. Um, what's up, Turtle? So my friend, Turtle, stop making turtle emojis. Uh, I'm taking points off your grade. I'm doing that again. Just letting you know. Uh, so my friend, Mr. Tran, is saying, first question, you are, if if you are teaching kids that know, hold on, this keeps shifting, that know your personality as uncle, quote unquote, uncle, uncle, how do you set the boundaries and make them respect and understand that you are the teacher in school and in class? This is a great question. And I actually had, I had a dream the other night. Um, so my, so I'll tell you more about this whole thing later, but I had a dream the other night that was on that I somehow got on Good Morning America, right? And I was talking about teaching on there. I was talking about YouTube or something. And I, the question came, that was the question that was, that was asked of me is how do you create relations? I think relationships are the key to every single problem in the classroom, right? Or 90% of the problems in the classroom. And I think that, you know, but the question that I constantly get is, well, what do you do if the kids like, start thinking your friends what do you do if they want to like get like they take it too far or they don't really listen to you now or they get their feelings hurt when you put your foot down and my answer is always you know your success in life in anything is learning how to have difficult conversations that's i think that that is so much a part of actually being successful that in anything that it's like but it's underrated uh, or, or it's not talked about enough because it's it's really hard to have a difficult conversation. But with my wife, um, the reason we're still together after all of these years is because we've learned how to have difficult conversations. Like when you don't like something, when something hurts your feelings, when you feel like you got to, you know, like you've been wronged or like you've wronged someone, you have to learn how to have that conversation. And I think it's the same thing with students. And so I think the way you do that is by putting their needs First, and saying something like, look, you need to understand that more than anything, your success is the most important thing to me. It's not you listening to me. It's not you. um, It's not our relationship or our connection. It's you succeeding, right? Because at some point, I sort of go away, right? And like, not completely, like, there's still kids I keep up with um, that still call me from college and stuff like that. But largely, like, like right now we need to have a relationship, but that's so that you can invest in the classroom and then you can like grow as a human being. But I will never let our relationship get in the way of your success. Like that's how much I care. It's not because it's not me not caring that much about our relationship. So you can do well. It's like, I care so much that I'm willing to literally like kind of burn myself to have that exist for you. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's like showing kids like, this is how much I care as I'm willing to, to do this. And, and I think that's how you do it. Um, the top one. And then the third one, they're kind of similar. So you can uh, I, do I already did the top one. Um, okay. So Birch please is asking, uh, I'm a high school student who's really interested in teaching any advice about, anything. Uh, yeah, you could just start now. First of all, the idea that someone in high school would ha- would know what they wanted to do. I didn't know I wanted to be a teacher for like forever. Um, I was in my 20s before I figured that out. And so 
it seems awesome that you already like have a sense of like what you want to do. So good work, good work with that. I would just start researching it. I would start thinking about like, what do you like, like everything I'm a, I'm a firm believer in reverse engineering everything that I do right from the life that I want to have to the cars that I want to drive to the house. I want like the house I want to have and the place I want to live or where I want YouTube to go to. It's having this very, very clear vision, like actually written out, like this is what I want my classroom to look like. This is the grade I want to teach. This is the school I want to teach in this, or this is the kind of school I want to teach in whatever it is. Um, what state do you want to teach in? Do you still want to live in, in the state that you live in now? Do you want to move to California? Do you want to go move to Turkey? What do you want to do? And then reverse engineer that. Like, how do you get there? Like, what tests do you have to take? What college do you have to go to? How much of a degree do you have to have? Do you have to have a master's degree to teach there? Um, what what uh, else would you need to be able to teach those types of kids that you're teaching? So are you teaching like, at a gifted school? Are you teaching at like a troubled school? Are you teaching at a school where kids like are on a very really low reading level? And then start filling in those blanks and then start going to those sorts of schools and seeing if you can volunteer your time, volunteer your energy, like sit in and help kids, like tutor them after school, run an after school program. So you're already in it and you're, you have this very clear vision of where you're going. And I just think that, that helps immensely. Uh, Brad Miller is asking, uh, I used to have a student named Brad Miller. Um, remember that kid? Mm. Oh, Brett Miller. That was oh, his name, Brett yeah. Miller. Yeah, he was a pain in the butt. And then he <laughs> ended up being like one of my favorite dudes ever. Uh, first year middle school art teacher. Good job, man. Way to go. What are What helps you get to those students who are verbally against being in your class? Finding connections with students who uh, are really difficult to find. I think... So that can be tough, right? Because you're an art teacher. And I think a lot of people discount like those, like, so my, in my school, that's an elective, right? And so our ceramics teacher has a hard time with students to get put in there. They don't want to be in there. And she's like hardcore, like she cares about what she's doing and she wants you to care about what she's doing. But how do you do that? I, I think you teach through the lens of something that they're already interested in. So how, like I would, the most that I could, could, I would try to, get through to those kids and figure out like, what do they like to do? Um, I find that a lot of my students aren't innately creative or they don't realize, they don't feel like it's a safe space to to truly be creative, whether that's with an idea, whether that's with a project. Um, and they don't get sort of like how, like, so the other day we're doing a project in class and um, they have to have a, uh, Odysseus on one side from the Odyssey and a villain from the other side. And they are stuck because they can't draw. Right. So I go, well, bro, like, let's go out to the front window of the school, put this giant piece of paper up, print out a page of paper and put it on the back of it. And then just trace that on your paper. And it like blew their minds. Like, wait, we can do that. Like I never thought of that before. And so I think sometimes it's like helping them to realize that you're already an artist. Like in everything you do, Seth Godin says to be an artist in everything that you do. And then there's another great book by Austin Kleon called Teach or Steal Like an Artist. And the idea is that like all art is just stealing from other people. And then you steal from a bunch of people and it becomes this, this amalgamation becomes like the thing that, that represents you. But you really just took a bunch of ideas from other people. Um, so like in what way is what you're doing art already? And then what are you interested in and how can we infuse that into this particular class 
And you have to literally make those connections for students, um, at least in the beginning, because they might not always make them themselves. Uh, WBU or whatever it is, whatever that acronym was, it's what about you? Oh. I don't know what the question was, and I can't find it. It's so lame when we don't know that stuff. I don't ever use acronyms. Maybe we should start. Okay. I'm going to start using them. Uh, BTW, I'm going to start using them. Stop. All right. Uh, Patrick. Patrick Millahan is saying, I currently, I'm currently in college in Virginia right now. And I'm majoring in, and I am a marketing major and we'll be switching to middle education. I can't, sometimes I'm reading this, but I see myself in this camera. I see myself on the phone I and know. it is wildly distracted. I need to like, just see the words. Um, I am switching to middle education major. My question is, do you have any experience with uh, middle education if, and any advice if you do so? Middle education meaning middle school? So. Um, so I would say, Patrick, if you're gonna switch over to that, one of the things I could recommend is either joining something like Teachers Connect or um, if you're into like, if you connect with people on here, that those de- relationships can go a bit deeper on the closed Facebook group also. So you can ask that and then other people will kind of like can speak to that directly um, that are in that world. But, you know, I think it's always getting, putting yourself in the space where young people that are that age are like starting to read those kinds of books, starting to watch those movies, starting to get a sense of what it is like. You know, one of the things I think is so funny is when I have older students come back, let's say they're 21, right? They are not old by any means, but they come back and try and like talk to my freshmen. The freshmen are just like, what are you talking about? Like, like no one uses that word anymore. They laugh at their slang um, because hip hop culture in, in itself, like just moves so quickly. It changes so much. It's always about the emphasis, always on being fresh that like you become old in no time. And so it's about like looking back and seeing all that stuff and like, what is, what, what is, cool now that you can kind of like get into so you can start getting ready for that this one um jesse prescott is asking would you recommend substitute teaching to get a free uh feel for becoming a teacher and part two any advice on things i should do or look out for while subbing um look i had the worst experience subbing like my i subbed in winslow township um, nothing against that school. I, I also student taught there and it was like the most fabulous experience I could have asked for, but I subbed there and I hated it. It was like, I just felt like I had no control. I felt like I didn't know the kids. I felt like every day I was in a different classroom. Um, but funny enough, I knew another guy that subbed there at the same time that I did. And he loved it. He thought it was like a glimpse into being a teacher. He was the guy they called all the time. Like he pretty much worked a full-time job while going to college, just subbing. He got in with the uh, with the drama team. He was like there on Saturdays and he helped put on the productions and he got in, like was given charge of like certain elements of that group. And I just thought that was fascinating that like the two of us were both in there and they, one of, he loved it and I hated it. Um, it also gave him, an, and I think this answers your second part of your question, gave him the space to create a network, to start partnering with people, to get his name out there. And then when he graduated, they actually called him back in the middle school and asked him if he <laughs> wanted a job because they already knew him. They were like, we don't even need to interview you. Like, if you want the job, you, you've got it. 
So that could be a possibility too. So I think um, subbing could really give you the opportunity to like work in different schools and see like where you could picture yourself being and then start like working that in, like what kind of other stuff could you do? Could you volunteer for stuff? Could you partner with them with things? Um, and that can just really give you an inside look in, in, into that school. What are you laughing about? With that? Because everyone else is putting turtles in their comments. Indie oh. Kitty Teachers Connect. Uh, now we're turtling up. And Jalen, she said, sorry about your grandma. Maybe she needs a little turtle to make her feel better. And it made me laugh. It's cute. I did tell her I was bringing the dog up to the hospital. Next yeah. Time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, she hates dogs. So that would be hilarious. Uh, Glitz and Glamour is saying... How does it's actually glitz and glamour 10. I don't want them to get confused with the other glitz and glamours out there. So how does teacher training work in the U S do you go to university for one, two, three, four years? And how many schools are you placed at? So I went for, I got my degree in English first. So I went to school for four years. I got a degree in English. I realized swiftly that that was completely useless because to me anyway, I didn't want to be an editor or a publisher and uh, I didn't really like writing I liked reading old books and talking about them. So I went back for what they referred to as a post-baccalaureate degree. That was two years. Uh, not, mine wasn't even two years because I had already taken a bunch of other classes that counted. So I went and I did practicums. I think I did three, maybe three practicums. Um, and what that is, is they place you in a classroom. You go once a week. You sit in the back of the room. You like notice all the stuff that's kind of going on in the classroom and you take notes and you write papers about it and stuff like that. And at the end of the semester, you teach one lesson, which is super awkward because you've never taught in your life and it was a hot mess. So you do that. And then you go into student teaching where you stay. I was there from September till December and taught all five classes, was a part of the drama team, was part of the SAT thing, was part of uh, as much stuff as I could possibly be a part of. And then gotten a large amount of credit card debt because of that, because I couldn't work at the same time. And um, that was it. And then I got a job teaching uh, pretty easily because I was willing to go to a lot of places that nobody else was willing to go to, to get a job. And so that's kind of how that went down. And um, yeah. So Vanna Banana is saying my master's program puts me in a high school setting, teaching high school students on level 10th honors and 11th. I'm really stressed about being there being the best teacher that I can be, how do I reduce this stress? I think, you know, Vanna Banana, I would say, I just love that name. I just want to say it all the time. It, I think by realizing that you're not going to be the best right away. And like when we realize like that we're not going to crush it right away, then it just takes that stress away immediately. Like the less you care about being the best, like or, or presenting as the best right away. Like you're not going to fool anyone. Like everyone's going to know that you're not that good yet. And that's okay. Now you might have some natural ability. You might have some be really good at certain things when you start out, like connecting with students or being organized or having stuff be on time. I would say more than anything, show up eager to learn, ask a lot of questions at, of all different types of teachers. I think um, being early every day, doing every single thing that you say you're going to do. So never say like, Hey, I'm going to be at that or, Hey, I'm going to go to that play or sure. I'll come to your basketball game and then not going, that cannot be an option. And then just trying to be the best in all the areas that you can already be the best in, like saying hi to people, saying what's up, doing something nice for someone, see someone that needs 
help or is having a stressful day and just saying, hey, are you all right? Like you can already be a good human being. And then that's going to just help your time there because other people are going to like you. They're going to like being around you. They're going to want to help you. They're going to want you to succeed. And that's just going to make you feel better. And you're going to get better faster. Um, Connor Kirkpatrick is saying, in terms of content area, have you always been a book nerd, English fanatic? Do you get sick of studying the same stuff every year? That's a really great question. So, Connor, I this uh, most people don't know this. I never read a book of my own volition until I was 19. I got through high school, all of high school, and I, I, by my senior year, I was taking college education or college English classes because I I had gotten out of which was funny because I was taking remedial math classes at the same time, um, but I had gotten into college. English classes. And I only read one book that whole time, this book called death, be not proud. And it was the most depressing thing I ever read in my life. Uh, but I just was honored like that. I never read a book. Like it was a point of pride to me. And then I remember my good friend, John Fien, who's like one of the greatest human beings I ever met in my life. Fien, I'm telling him one, he was like, tell me about some book that he read. And I go, bro, I'm like, I never read a book in my life. And I just remember John looking at me and he was like, he, he literally told me, He's like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. How could you possibly be proud of that? And it was like some real truth from like a real friend. And I remember that it was like a punch in the face. And he sent me home that night with like four books. And I read all of them. I was working at a gas station and I used to sit on the trash can because no one came in at night and just read books about all kinds of weird crap. And that was it. Then I just like started getting the sense that like, I started seeing myself in the books. I started noticing all the things I didn't know about. I started getting interested in things I didn't even realize were real, like were things in the world. And it was like this whole new world opened up to me. And then, then I loved reading. And so I, I do teach the same stuff every year, largely. I don't get tired of it because, you know, did you ever read a book when you were young and then you might read it when you're a little bit older and it's, there's different things stand out to you. It's like watching a movie. Like I can watch there's certain movies like every time Shawshank Redemption or Step Brothers is on two wildly different movies. But um, whenever they're on television, I watch them every single time. But Shawshank Redemption, when I saw it when I was probably 19, is a much different movie than it is now to me. Like I see different things in it. I identify with different characters. And so that's that's what happens in my class. But I have the ability because my department head is awesome. Um to I can change any of the books that I want to at any time. Uh, I just have to like kind of run it by her, but I can teach anything I want. Uh, Maya Adams is asking, how do I work with kids that discuss uh, in quotes for them to respect the teacher, the teacher needs to be their friend. However, to hear, um, however, you, you hear being, oh, my bad. I'm really not good at reading aloud on here because I'm just confused. Um, Really here being friends is crossing a boundary. How do you manage that? Uh, I kind of just spoke this a little bit, but I don't, I'm not interested in being anyone's friend. Um, I'm interested in being a mentor, right? Like Mr. Feeney, arguably the greatest fictional teacher of all time on from Boy Meets World was really close to Eric Matthews, right? And, and the rest of his crew, but they didn't, he never crossed the line, right? He was always willing to spit truth at kids no matter what and didn't let anything get in the way of that. And I think that that is the number one thing is that you let kids know, bro, I want to be better than a friend. I'm trying to be a mentor to you, someone you can trust because friends 
you know, I think when you're young, like don't hurt your feelings. They like agree with you. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into too much of that, but like, I just think it's like what you want is even more powerful than a friend could ever be. Cause I'm going to tell you the truth and I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to work hard with you and I'm never going to give up on you. And like, that's the kind of relationship I want. Like you call it whatever you want, but um, I'm not going to let it go too far. Cause I don't want it to get messed up for you. Like we're building something here. Let's not mess that up. And so I think just kind of having that raw honesty with students is what wins every single time. Lizzie Blair Finley is saying, uh, what are your favorite activities to do at the end of the school year? I've got my last practicum class coming up and I'm in New Zealand. So it's the end of the school year and looking for ideas. So I think at the end of the year, I, I do a couple. So these are ideas I've, I've borrowed from different people and I do them different times of the year, usually at the end of the year. One is, so when you start teaching next time, Lizzie, one of the things I would do is have kids write themselves a letter at the beginning of the year. You can give it to them at the end of the year. I have, I give it to them. They write it the first day of freshman year. I give it to them when they are about to graduate from high school. And that is a great thing to do because then I have this thing to give back to them. Um, another thing I do is I have them write letters, like quick notes. So I print out a form and they'll write like, dear Miss So-and-so, like whatever teacher that they had. Uh, here's all the things I loved about you that you did in your in your classes. And it's a moment for the students to be able to empower the teachers that have helped them to stay in school, help them to do the work, help them to help them on their most difficult days. And then I hand those out, you can write as many as you want, and then I deliver them all out to the teachers. And that's a really fun idea as well. Um, and I think cereal day is like the greatest thing ever. For $50, you can buy an impressive amount of cereal and milk, and then you just go to school and have a cereal party. I it will literally. You need to spend $50, do you? You don't even need to. No, I spent $50 last year, but I've spent, I fed a lot of kids with that cereal. And, but I think you can get like, like the one year when we went to like uh, the food store like, and it was like all on sale, and I bought like a ridiculous yeah. amount of cereal. It was, it's the best way to end a year because nobody, everyone expects pizza parties all the time in the U.S., but not cereal parties. And cereal parties are 100% more awesome. And it's literally the most quiet thing you'll ever do in your classroom. You can have the most loud, boisterous, crazy classroom. You give cereal out, that thing is like on one as opposed to 11. It's awesome. Uh, Unicorns Rock, I would agree with you is saying, hi Reynolds, does your school have a music program? If so, do you collaborate with music teachers for your hip hop class? We So we used to have a music program and we don't anymore because of funding cuts like everybody else. Uh, but my hip hop class, I do collaborate with other schools um, occasionally. So yeah, if you're interested in that, you can just shoot me an email at Real Rap with the Reynolds. Um, the, it's from the old channel name, Real Rap with the Reynolds at gmail.com. Um, or shoot me a DM on, on Instagram or something like that. Mm, hold on. What do you got there, baby? Yeah, Tracy Pinter, she's all over these comment sections. She's so helpful. She is awesome. Um, oh, what are some? Here you go. Got one? Matthew. All right. Uh, Matthew Williams is asking, what are some ideas for Weird Friday? Uh, so weird Friday, for those of you that don't know, I just made a video about this is like, um, a time on Fridays that I just show weird crap. And so this week we watched, um, it's not just weird. It's usually, you know, inspiring. Yeah. But it's stuff that when I say weird, I, I mean, like 
it's stuff that students think is they're like they'll go like this this dude has too much time on his hands right so like one week i showed this video about this guy who takes trash bags cuts them into a shape of an animal and then tapes them together and then so see if you can follow this idea so it's essentially like it looks like one of those blow up things that you put on your lawn at Christmas time, right? Especially if you live in the U.S. because we love blow up things on the lawn, uh, unless you're my wife. And <laughs> the, but the bottom of the paws, right? Have there's nothing there, right? It's like uh, the open end of a balloon. He puts them on subway grates and duct tapes them down. And then when the subway goes down, there's this rush of air that comes up. It fills the animal and it like moves around or dances or is animated for a minute. And then when the train goes by, it goes away. And the idea there is to just infuse some magic into the world. Or we talk about guerrilla gardening, which is something my brother and I used to do when we were younger. We called it uh, vigilante gardening when we were younger, where you like go to someone's house that looks like crap and you like edge the lawn, you trim the bushes, you mow the lawn like as quick as you can and on the low or you plant flowers at your bus stop or or at your local school or wherever. And you're just trying to like infuse magic into your community. Um, This week we watched a video from the Angel City Choir, which I think is in Los Angeles. And these folks were first like rubbing their hands together and then they start snapping. There's like 200 people on stage. So it sounds like rain. Then they start like hitting their legs and that sounds like heavy rain. And then they start jumping like one side jumps and then the other. So it sounds like thunder. And then it goes into the song Africa by Toto, which I need to say that about 50%, did you just diss? Yes, I don't like it. I don't know why everyone does. It is a Sorry. terrible song in yeah. some respects and awesome in others. So, right. do you want me to sing it to you? No, okay. please. So, they, uh, <laughs> my students, about 50% of them knew the song. And I'm like, why do you, why is this a thing? Um, so, I think, you know, here's, here's what I'm thinking of. What you're doing in Weird Friday is you're planting. Dude's yelling at us outside of our window. It's possible. They're, um, you're planting seeds of things that maybe some kids will like, right? You're never trying to hit a home run. Maybe some kids like it. Maybe some kids don't. Maybe some kids think it's stupid. Who cares what, what they think? But what you're doing is planting the seed that maybe in college or next year or over the summer, they're like, oh, wait, we talked about this weird thing in class, like reverse graffiti or whatever it is that you went over. But if you go onto my channel, um, which you're on now, if you go to playlists, uh, I have a whole list of videos from Weird Friday. Like I just dump them into the playlist thing whenever I think of it. So there's a whole host of them there already. Uh, Birch, please, is asking, I have another question, but it's more related to college. I'm currently currently writing a novel and planning on trying to get it done and published before I graduate. Uh, would that look good for colleges? I would, She's high school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I would imagine it would. I don't, I don't no for certain um i think certainly not gonna hurt you yeah no i don't i think sorry right it looks like an earthquake just i know i'm sorry Uh, i would say gosh who would i ask about that i feel like that would be like something to go to like the college admissions office or something like that in your school and just ask them what they think about that or how how do you like where is their space to like let colleges know about that as well i don't i do not have a good answer for that though so if someone else in the in the comments there does i'm sure tracy pinter has something to say about it because she's wise and knowledgeable um and has good musical taste uh jessica <laughs> lynn you're messing me up with that middle name jessica lynn shown wood uh is saying hey reynolds what do you do when you get uh 
What do you do when you get in? Why are you making me laugh now? I don't know. I'm sorry. What are you reading over there? It's no. come on. I'm trying. It's bad enough. I'm looking at two of myself. Uh, Jessica's asking, hey, Reynolds, what do you do when you get an evaluation that you think isn't fair or isn't representative of how you felt? And oh my gosh, I'm I, so what do you do if you feel like you got an observation and it wasn't fair, right? Or rep I, representative. Or, yeah. Words. So I think you have two options there, right? One, um, you could go to that person and say, well, look, let's let's have this conversation. Like, you know, here's some things that you say you didn't see or that you saw that were negative or positive. Um, but, and then talk them through it, be like, but I did this and, and go, I would go at it, like not trying to um, defend yourself, but trying to get clarity so you can get bigger, right? That's going to get you, that's going to put you in a better conversation than you like trying to put your foot down and say, no, 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 no I did this. And I, I want it to be changed. It's like, well, talk me through that. Like, what do you think you saw? And then, and then I think when you go, but, but I did this, like, how, how does that fill that gap? Like, I want to learn the best way to handle this. How can I do that? That's one way. It's like you go in looking for more information and being on offense instead of being on defense. I think the second thing is just not caring. I think that observations sometimes are stupid. Um, I, again, am lucky enough to have someone that observes me that I feel very good about those observations. Um, but I've had people in the past where like, when I worked in Camden, I worked at a school that had like this dude that observed me was literally the worst. Like I would on purpose walk behind him as he sat at my desk to get supplies and then see what he was like concentrating on, on his computer. And oftentimes he's like watching YouTube or buying stuff on Amazon. He was on eBay doing something else. And so it's like, I, I just threw those out. Like I just didn't care what he <laughs> thought because he wasn't trying to be upfront with me. He wasn't trying to help me. He was just clicking things off in a box and then like there was no follow-up meeting uh or anything like that so i think um that that's what i would do i would either go real deep and and be on offense or just like who cares like if it's someone that's a turkey just who cares i have one of our children's hairs on my neck and it is making me i think it's our daughter it's making me insane she has long hair it's making me crazy wife <laughs> got marley hair somewhere on my shirt uh Mr. Tran is saying, oh, second, he did have a first. I forgot about that. How do you move on from another teacher being harshly and unfairly critical and downright insulting you and telling you that you're not good enough and should quit? I would like to first say that I can identify with this question far more than you could possibly realize, but I'm not going to talk about that here because I don't want to give that person any spotlight. But uh, I have definitely been dissed like, I was dissed once in a board meeting at my old school. It got back to me where like I was laughed at in the boardroom for being a sucky teacher that only because because I had guys staying after school, kids staying after school. And we made my whole room look like the set for Romeo and Juliet. Right. And I was a second year teacher. Best use of my time. Probably not. But it was after school and before school to make kids invested in the class. And it was literally the best we've ever read Shakespeare like in my life. And, and so much so that those students still talk about that when I see them, like that is a fond memory that they have of, of high school. So I think part of it is not caring, but I get how that is, that's a hard pill to swallow, right? I, I, it's, it's easier said than done. I think what you need to remind yourself of, and I think this is important, you need to figure out what your why is and why are you teaching? Why are you doing what you're doing? And then 
once you know your why, other people's opinions kind of roll off a little bit easier because you realize like if it's just about the students, if it's just about whatever it is, um, that's what you is the most important. And then I think you surround yourself with good people. And the other thing I would do, and this sounds, here we go. It's, it's woo woo time. I literally think thinking about that person and sending them, here we go. Sending them love is the best scenario because you know, there's like, um, I was listening to something by Tony Robbins the other day and Tony Robbins was saying, if somebody asked, so when something bad happens in your life, I know my, I know I do this all the time. I keep running that story, some comment, some passing passive aggressive nonsense that someone said to me, some bad write up that I got, whatever it is, some bad comment on YouTube, right? That I get like every once in a while, someone will like drop some trash in there and try to hurt my feelings. Um, that just keeps running on repeat in my head. I just keep thinking about it over and over and over again. And Tony Robbins says, if a friend said to you, hey, I'm going to a really bad movie, do you want to go? You'd be like, no, why would you go see that movie? Like if it sucked and he's like, oh, well, I've seen it like 4,000 times. And it's like, why would you go see a movie 4,000 times if it sucked? But we do that to ourselves all the time, right? We do this thing where we just play that movie on repeat. We play that comment. We play that that breakup speech. We play that whatever it is, our dad being nasty to us when we were a kid. We play that on repeat all the time. But in reality, we all know this nonsense. I would never go to a bad movie 40,000 times or 4,000 times. So I think it's the way you change that narrative, I think, is by sending that person love. And I'm telling you in my life, this has worked. this has worked on a level that has literally changed my life and my relationship with people because I'm not constantly just being hateful and angry. I am purposefully sending love to people and it just works for me. So there's your woo woo moment for the night here on uh right on. So that could be, that could be a weekly. <laughs> no, come on. Woo woo time. Keep going. Come on. No. All right. Stop fleshing ideas out live right. in front Sorry. of other people. <laughs> uh, I don't know what this name is. Three hurt. T-Y-6-1-X-Y-H-W-H. That probably means something, and I'm probably just too old to understand what it is. Uh, but the question is, uh, it is education or indoctrination these days? Just curious. That's a really good question. I think it's both. I think depending on what school you go to or what teachers that you have, um, are we – so even – I spoke to a woman tonight on Instagram, right? And she said we were talking about students like – it was impressed upon her by her admin that she have students line up silently, walk to the classroom silently, come into the classroom silently, sit. These are little kids sit down at their desks, do their work that they have to do in the morning. So there's always work like waiting on their desk. I don't know what they call it, but it's like just ready work. Right. Um, hang their stuff up where it goes, put their lunch where it's supposed to go, then do this work. And it's all like without a peep, right? And if someone comes in making any noise at all, they are to start over or to go in the hallway or some shit like that, right? And I thought, all right, part of me, I get what you're saying, right? My guy's got to come in the room. You have to be, when the bell rings, you need to be in your seat and be starting on what's on the board. There's, there's a place for that. But what I think the, the difference is, is I explained to my students, for instance, when we are taking a test, you have to be 100% quiet. If you talk or make noise, right, 
you will receive a zero. And the reason for that is because we're trying to work here together as a team. We're a part of this program or this system where we have 30 kids in a classroom, right? Which is wrong. Um, and they're all taking a test at the same time. Like there's a thousand things wrong with this, right? But we're in it together. We are trying to work this thing out together. And so just because you finished quickly does not mean everyone else does. And what you want to do in a school of all boys is like, look out for your brothers and be quiet so your homies can finish taking the test that they're taking for. It's about looking out for one another. Why do I need you quiet when I'm talking? Because some students can't hear me. Some kids are having a hard time paying attention because they're paying attention to you and then they're lost and they don't know what's going on. In my class, it's always only ever about the students. It is never about me. It, it can't be about me. It can't be about the control that I want to have and the and the law, like how I want to lay down the law and how I'm going to push these kids hard so that they can learn this stuff because I want them to because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. No, 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 no. This only ever has to do with the students. Even all of my rules are about the students becoming better human beings and treating one another with respect. So... I, I can see that question, but I just think that it's always about education and education, not just in the sense of like reading books and being able to regurgitate stuff, but like, what does this book mean to you? Like, what are the life lessons that are being passed on? What conversation does this spur up? How do you have a really good argument in class and like, and, and work these things out? It's, it has to be deeper. Um, otherwise, that indoctrination shit's just boring and it's just messing with my own ego. Uh, Jules G is asking, I'm a bit nervous about, thank you for asking that question, by the way, I was really good. Um, Jules G is saying, I'm a bit nervous about avoiding the burnout. So many people warned me about in my first year of teaching any tips. I'll be 42 going into student teaching and also had no idea what, uh, WBU was. First of all, thanks Jules. Cause I'm 42 also. And I don't know, maybe it's an over 40 thing. I have zero idea. Um, I think so. Look, man, it's like, you're, you might get burned out, right? I wouldn't be afraid of it. It's not like getting the flu. Um, you can just bounce back from it. And I think that is, look, I think one of the things that burns people out when they start teaching is you, you don't realize that like, there's no end to the work. Like there's just, if when I remember when I started teaching and my wife would be like, are you done yet? And I'm like, I literally can never be done. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, I hated that answer. No, you really can't. Right. It's like, it's kind of like housework, right? You can never be a thousand, like a hundred percent done. There's always something you can wipe off, some trim you can clean, something you can repaint, something you can do. Um, or like the Golden Gate Bridge, like it's so large that it, by the time they're done painting it, they just start over again. Like it takes that long to do it. So just knowing that and but I, what I think that allows you to do is block out time to have for yourself whether it's getting a massage or going and working out or hanging out with friends or going out to dinner with people, whatever it is, knowing that that stuff's important and what you're doing when you do those things. The reason I get up at five o'clock in the morning and read and pray, the reason I go to the gym, the reason I go to hot yoga, even though I am a 42 year old man and everyone in there is like 25 and flexible and I'm old and stiff. Um, the reason that I occasionally play music with my friends is always to fill my own cup up because then all that overflow is for everyone else. Then I can just give easily. I can show up at school and things aren't that big of a deal. Like if someone loses their shit, like I can handle it better because 
my cup is filled up, right? It's like the old put your oxygen mask on before you put it on somebody else. Um, because then you can actually care. So I think it's like building those things in no matter what. And they are non-negotiable, right? It is a non-negotiable for me to do some of the things that I do, even if it means I didn't finish my planning, even if it means I didn't finish grading things on time, even if it means I was um, not able to stay as late after school and get stuff done as I wanted to, because these are non-negotiables. I just know that they work better for me. Um, bro, you just scared the crap out of me because I saw you in the window and I it looked like someone was floating across the yard. Thanks. Thanks, man. Um, JB Adair is saying, how do you make your lessons more interactive? I feel like I'm not doing uh, much more than past le lecturing and write, or I'm not doing more past lecturing and writing. Uh, JB, I would say, uh, first of all, don't try and take on too much, right? I would say, even if you plan, let's say you plan something interactive, like one day a week. So for me, that sometimes looks like, um, a couple of ideas that come to mind. So that should be read night, right? With my 10th graders. And they had no idea what a concentration camp looked like, or in the book that he's always describing, like we were over here and then we got moved to this place. And then we were in this place. And then we were in this place. And then we had to walk here or march here or do something like this. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Are you living your best life right now? Are you going upstairs to eat chicken nuggets and French fries? All right. Hey, enjoy. Stay off my bed. Uh, so I, so one of the things we did was I just got these giant pieces of paper and we drew out what a concentration camp looked like, like what Auschwitz looked like. So like all the, like where the fence perimeter was, where the buildings were, where the, where the doctor's office was, where whatever, like when you came into the camp, all the different places that you had to kind of go through to get your clothes, get your haircut, to get all that stuff done. So now there's this visual of what you're reading about. And I just think that that stuff works really well. Um, and it gets kids up. So to do that, they didn't do it at their desks. Um, one of the things I heard this from someone one time where like I, I taped all these pieces of paper to the wall. So now the students aren't looking at one another because they're, they're focused here or they're talking to the person next to them. They're only in groups of two. Um, and that just, it's like when someone tries to be sneaky, but they're not. All right. So that's just one of the ways. And, and you could do that like one day a week and then the next week to try and look up something else. Um, but that's another question I'm going to I'm going to forward you to. I think the Facebook group that we started a couple of weeks ago, um, that's a great question to put in there. Here's my grade level. Here's what I'm teaching. Does anyone have any ideas on how to make this more interactive? And then I, you'll be surprised at how many answers you get and like and like great lesson plans that people have or ideas that they have for you. So it's Real Rap with the Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk um, on Facebook. Just answer the three it's questions. It's linked somewhere in the. It's comments. linked somewhere in the comments already, uh, and I think that 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 will work. Read it first. I don't know. All right. Answer it. Uh, so. Someone named Dirty Hog Redneck said, how old are you, dude? You're talking about a cereal party. First of all, cereal is delicious. Um, and I think cereal party has nothing to do with how old I am, has how old to do with my students. And I'll do anything for my students. I play Fortnite. I'm 42 years old and I play Fortnite because my students get down with it. I'm 42 years old and I watched Gravity Falls last year because I knew that was something that my students were looking at and someone brought in like one of the books from the show or something like that. I had no idea what it was. So I watched it with my kids. Um, 
I have no shame in getting down with just about anything that my students are into. So when the new Drake uh, single came out the other day, all my students were singing. If no one's checked this out, you should check it out. Because uh, he samples In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. And all of a sudden, I have all these like 15-year-old kids from West Philly singing In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. I was like, dude, what are where are we? Are we like in the suburbs in 1987? Like what's going on right now? Like we are we watching Miami Vice after school? So, and then that they told me that that was the gig. And so I checked it out because of course I would, because of course I'll get down with anything that excites the students. Um, nobody asked what, is, what are the demographics of your school? So my school is, we are considered a title one school. We're in inner city, West Philadelphia, but we pull students from all over the school. So the majority of my school, it's all boys. Majority of the school is African American. There's like handful of Hispanic kids. We have one Asian kid. We used to have one white kid. Um, and I feel like whenever we do pictures, we pull all those dudes in, so we look real diverse. But um, the majority of the students are African American. Um, and not all. So I and it's not like what you would think an inner city school is because it's not like all just like single parent homes and stuff like that. Like some kids are come from really loving, caring homes with both parents, not that a single parent family couldn't be loving and caring, but um, it's pretty diverse in that respect. But I'd say the most, I, all of my students are free and reduced lunch. Um, and I'm trying to think of anything else that would be relevant to that question. I think that's it. That's, that's kind of the gig. Uh, Asia. Oh my gosh. I apologize. I'm just the worst at saying people's names. I'm going to say it's, Aisha Melendres, I hope, maybe, close, but um, I like your profile picture. That's interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, hello, question. How do you respond to students who have had an F the entire semester? just made a video about this. It's coming out tonight. Had an F the entire semester, and at the end of the school year, what can you do to raise a D to pass? Assume you like the student. I think – Wait, a few, um, read the oh, okay. next one down. Uh, I guess – how do you respond on a way that's both kind and oh, okay. firm at the same time? How do you? Okay, so my students know how do I respond in a way that's kind and firm at the same time. My students all know that I do not give extra credit and I do not give makeup work, right? And the reason for that for me is I do not want kids to get a sense that they can chill the whole year and then the end of the trimester we have trimesters, so it's like three of them obviously try um, and at the end of the year, just like, or at the end of the trimester, just cry or complain or ask for makeup work. Cause I've seen that happen before. And it happened to me in my first couple of years of teaching where I would give makeup work. I'd allow kids to make up stuff. And then I get hit <laughs> with all this grading. I have to do like two minutes before the end of the trimester and I'm screwed. I can't do it. And the it's, I found that like kids were copying off of one another. They just like weren't putting in the work and I didn't want them to procrastinate like that. I felt like that was a good skill was to teach kids to not procrastinate. So I actually give credit for kids that hand things in early now, right? It's like the, uh, this guy I used to work with called it the lack of procrastination club. And so to get kids to not procrastinate, like here's the assignment, the homework assignment. If you can get it in by the end of the day, I'll actually give you um, extra points on the assignment. So that's one way I get around that. The second way I get around that is I just hold firm. Like I will not do it. Now, look, there is a difference between someone that just slacked the whole year and now they have like a 65 and you don't think they deserved it. Uh, 
They don't deserve to pass. And you don't let them pass. But if a kid had like a 32 the first trimester um, and by the end of the year, they're able to get their grade up to like just below passing, I just override the grade. Or I'll go back and just <clears throat> fix old grades. Like I'll add points on for stuff. Like because for that individual to start so low and just have such huge gains, it's like you deserve to go on. Like in my opinion, I think you deserve to move on. And that's just how I how I do that. Um, but I don't let them know that I would ever really do that. Here's the thing with this. And I have a video coming out like literally 10 minutes after I, I post this video tonight or after we're finished here. I think that when students are failing badly, like with a 33 in your class, right? For them to get up to a 55 before the end of the trimester is a big feat, but most kids won't do that. Most kids will stay at the failing level. And I think that is the equivalent of like, of you getting in a fist fight and then just letting someone kick your ass, right? And, and that's a bad move, right? Like you should give it your all. You should try and fail the best that you can because that just means your grade doesn't have to be so insane later. And so I'm going to talk about that more in, in the video, but sorry, dog, I just kicked you. Um, but I just think that that's kind of how I look at that. Uh, Jill Chapman is saying, Remind me what your two clocks are labeled. That cracked me up. So the two clocks are not up there right now, but I had two clocks in my room that said now and soon on them. And it was really, it's just like, look, most of my ridiculous stuff that I do in school, it's just meant to be ridiculous. There's no actual learning piece to it. And I don't think there needs to be learning pieces to it, right? Sometimes fun is just fun and it makes school a better place to be. It makes it more silly. It makes it like you're, you're messing with kids. Like when I tell kids I got arrested when I was younger, which I did get arrested one time, but it was for climbing on school roofs and I was collecting tennis balls. Um, but I tell them like, uh, that I got arrested for cutting the tags off of pillows that say don't remove under penalty of law. Like it's just funny to do certain crap sometimes. And, um, so that's why I have those things on my wall and they were cheap. I got mad at Ikea for like, I don't know, $6. Uh, Connor Kirkpatrick is asking, do you worry about censoring the content that you show your students? Have you ever accidentally cussed in front of them? I remember everyone freaking out when cussing happened in class. So, and he said something uh, about like, or censoring like in a book, censoring in a book. Yeah. Or like there's a bad word in a book. Uh, what happens? What do you do with that? I, I don't. So this is a tricky subject. Um, I, I'm not sure. It's not tricky. Just say what you what you do and why you do it. You do it purposely. Yeah, I do. So look, all right, I'll put it like this. I don't censor any books, right? I, I teach ninth grade and I and my students, I, I hear them talk out of class. I know the movies that they watch, I know the video games that they play. So um, but they still get a kick out of like we're reading Merchant of Venice the other day, and Shylock says, damn it. And the kid is just kind of reading along like this. And then he gets to the part and he's like, damn it. <laughs> and everyone laughed. It was like, he got such a kick out of the fact that he got to say, damn it. And I remember that happening when I was in fifth grade, we read cheaper by the dozen and Brian Bolin got to say, he got to say, damn it also in that book. And he was reading the same way and he made the same inflection when he got to the curse and he loved it. Um, I do curse in class sometimes. Um, and I, you know, <clears throat> The reason for that is I just think that sometimes um, – so l let me say this. I, I think that sometimes um, 
saying something with inflection, it's, I never curse at a student, but if I said like, if I, let's say I said, damn it, right. Let's, let's go with that and say that that's curse. Um, I sometimes need a certain reaction out of my students. Right. And so I've read um, that there's a lot of public speakers that will purposefully curse or say things that are like very contrary, like uh, not contrary. What am I thinking of? What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, Yeah, they do it on purpose, but controversial, like a word that might be controversial because it snaps people out of their normal um, like way of thinking. And so it's the same reason that I yell. I almost never yell. But when I do raise my voice, it is like everyone is locked in like, holy crap, Reynolds is blowing bubbles in the hallway last like in five minutes ago. Now he's yelling at us. Um, it's always calculated. It's always thought out. But if you don't think that's a good move in your school, then don't do it. Like, I don't think it's something everyone should do. It just has worked for me in the past. But I never, let me say this again. I would never curse at a student because I, and not, not because I don't want to sometimes, but because I think you're going down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go. You never want to go toe to toe with a student. You never want to like, be like, um, stand like if you tell them to get out of your class you never want to like get in their face because that is a level of confrontation that you just don't want um so i just think that that's a smart move uh nandini vade am i saying that oh my name is pronounced thank you very very much for doing that um my name is pronounced none the knee Right. Awesome. Um, <laughs> thanks for doing that. I really appreciate that. Hey, Reynolds. It's my first year uh, as a business student and I hate my major. How do you know if education is the right fit for me? So I would, um, Nandini, I would, right? Did I say it right? <laughs> I don't know. Nandini? Oh, man. I'll, I'll practice it. Nandini. Uh, I think putting, starting to put yourself in spaces where you can interact with children. So can you, volunteer somewhere? Can you give your time somewhere? Can you get a paid, like running uh, an after-school program with the age group that you're thinking about? And if you feel some kind of connection with those students, then I think that you know it's for you, right? I think that even asking that might, you might already feel like it's for you, but like, that's what I would do is I would put myself in that space with those students and see if that's something that um, I could see myself doing in the future. That was a fast answer. You weren't ready I know, for that. I wasn't. You weren't ready. You were reading comments. No, there's just... Yeah. Somebody's saying hi from Argentina. Miriam Fernandez. I want to go to Argentina. Mm-mm. Hi back to you. Anyway, Miriam. Um, waiting for my wife to give me... I'm going to start singing. Want me to sing no, Africa by Toto? No, for the love That's of God. That's going to be your... Is that your punishment? I will sing Africa by Toto. Uh, You know those guys never even went to Africa? Jokers. It's just like the Beach Boys. They didn't even surf. Um, How do you make ELA classes engaging for high school students? Future teacher here. Uh, That's Megan Fisher. Uh, Megan, I think, you know, I say this all the time. Once you start teaching, be interested in what your kids are interested in. Um, I... You know, I think, I think I do a lot of different weird crap. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I do that's engaging. Um, I have this, I I have this idea, right? Where I want to shadow a student for the entire day from the beginning of the day to the end of the day in my school. I'm interested to see like, is it that hard? Is it, is it really difficult? Is it boring? Is it um, a drain on you all day? Are you like, 
what does that day actually look like for you? Um, and then, because then I think that will give me some sense of like, what is it like to be a student? So maybe, maybe this is a cool new idea. Maybe ask a school, right? Maybe you used to be a, teach, uh, a student at a school or, or you go to another school, whatever. Find someone that you can sort of shadow a student or shadow a class for the day and just see what it looks like in there. And then think, how would I do this differently? Like, what would I like as a student in this class to be able to do? Like, would I like more safety? Would I like more independent work? Would I like more group work? Would I like to be out of my seat? Would I like to be watching a movie? Would I like to be like reading aloud, never reading aloud? Like, what would you like as a student? And I think that's a good place to start because um, chances are that your students are wanting the same exact things uh, from you. All I want to know. In a second. No, all I want to tell you is that you have to go back and read all these comments later because Jill Chapman is talking about a baking cart and it is cracking my shit up. Just go back and later a baking read cart? a bacon, bacon, a like bacon a shit cart. cart, and it smelled like bacon. And kids came over and it's, it's really hilarious in there. <laughs> later, all right, do your question. All right, thanks, Jill Chapman. You're cracking my wife up. You're actually making her not do her job very well. This I'm getting Ali. <laughs> Pro Protani is saying, how do you structure your class uh, time when you are on a time constraint? I'm student teaching eighth grade and I only have 35 minutes with no opportunity to continue the lesson into the next meeting. Yo, that shit sucks. I hate when schools do this. Um, I think, I think that's unrealistic. I, I, I really don't think it's realistic. I think if you're going to have to fit it into a time, I think, like on your board or even if it's in your head, like knowing exactly how much time you have for each activity and then being able to quickly transition from one into the other and letting the kids know on the front end, like, look, guys, you got to help me today because I have this problem where I need to get all this done in this amount of time. I'm not really sure how to do it better. So this is what we have to do. Like, it's got to be like, we're doing exercise drills or something like that. Um, this is how it's going to go down and ask those students to help you. And I think when students help you, I think they get a sense of being really feeling empowered and like being like, all right, we're working on this together. Like, we'll help you out. We got you. We'll, we'll do this together. And I think that that's just kind of how that works out. But that's look, to be honest, I think that's really unrealistic. And I hate when schools do that, when they have like these scripted lesson plans or something, or if, you know, the student doesn't get it today. The idea that if a student does not finish understanding something today, that we cannot go back to it later is like completely asinine. So I would, if you're student teaching and that's the way it is, just know that you're trying to play this game while you're student teaching and that when you get into a classroom, hopefully you don't have to deal with that nonsense. Uh, but I do think setting time limits for every single activity so that you can like get through everything is the, is the move there. Uh, how do Donna, that's a really funny name, Donna, um, is saying, after 29 years of teaching, I'm trying to do new things or read uplifting goal-oriented content. What are you currently reading? And uh, that is something that I can get positive juju flowing. Uh, I think, so I start reading that. Well, you can't, um, I feel like that doesn't get your positive juju flowing. Yeah. All right. If you think so, go ahead. Why not? I don't know. I, I don't know. Go ahead. All right. Anyway. So I would say. Here's a couple of things I've been on lately. So everyone knows that uh, Father Gregory Boyle has all these books. The latest one is Tattoos on the Heart. That is a book 
we're like, he's a, he's a Catholic priest. I think he's a Catholic priest. Um, and you don't have to be religious. It, it, I mean, he talks about religion in it, but it's not like uh, hit you over the head, like super religious book. What it is, is he talks about all these gang members that he works with and how he never gives up on them. How after all these years, like living in the hood and working with these kids and burying all these children that have been killed due to gang violence, like he's still pushing through. He's still trying to make change. He's still meeting kids where they are. And that book for me is like, when I'm having a shitty day, it just makes me like, it gives, it's like, if this dude can do this, I don't know. It's like being near that kind of energy just makes you better. I've also been listening to, um, there's a podcast and it's on YouTube also, this thing called impact theory. And I think that that is, they're 40 40 or 50 minutes long, they're interviews. um, And from this guy, Tom, something I can't pronounce. He, in, he interviews all these different folks. And I'm telling you, the people that are on there are like, most of them are folks that I never heard of in my life. I don't know where he finds these dudes, but the interviews are so good. And it's literally like just about the amount of time, like um, when I'm get up in the morning and I'm getting ready. And then until I get to school, I listen to these interviews and it's like, I listen to a whole one and then it energizes me like for the day. Um, or I start reading the Michael Strahan book. Which came the guy from, from Impact Theory. Yeah, which came from Impact Theory. But he's the guy from uh, Good Morning America. He used to be a football player and I don't even like sports. But um, he's really just kind of fascinating. He talks about like positive energy and like being excited about the day and all kinds of stuff like that. I think that that's, that's the move. And you're right. I think getting your mind in that space gives you the courage and the energy to go try and change stuff in your classroom. So good for you. I'm really glad that you're doing that. Um, uh, TC bio, I'm going to say the name is, uh, Hey Reynolds, I'm graduating in January with a double major in biology and Spanish. I feel inspired to teach science because I think that it's important issues, but I love Spanish. How can I choose? I think, Oh gosh. I don't double major. So one might just be what job is available, right? I feel like biology teachers are probably far more likely to get a job than Spanish teachers. Maybe not really sure about that. Maybe somebody that's one of those on the side here can, can say, um, Oh, that's a good point. Um, so I, so what I would also say is, look, I'm going to turn this back to the Facebook group and I, and I hate to do that, but I'm kind of loving that that's a resource. What's that? Yeah. So like, or if you go on somewhere like Teachers Connect, where you're like, drop that question in there because people that are actually doing this. So if you go on Real Rapid Reynolds Teacher Talk at Facebook, um, you drop that question in there, maybe someone can help you out. Or if you go on Teachers Connect and ask folks, they might be able to help you out. But um, to me, it's like I thought about English or history. And for me, this doesn't really necessarily help you. But like, uh, I felt like I could teach history through literature, right? I feel like you can teach almost anything through literature in the same way that I think, you know, my friend, Miss Wright at school is like really teaching a lot of cool stuff through math. They're actually doing comic books right now in her class. I'm not really sure how that works out, but like that, that's what they're doing. And so I think sometimes you can overlap these things if you want to. Um, not sure if that was a good answer or not, but, uh, do you have any high school biology field trip ideas? Has Miss Cho taken any trips, uh, cause on a trip that you know of, um, this is Aaron gum. First of all, Cho was over my house last night and I should have asked her, but, um, do this, Aaron, shoot me an email and I'll shoot that email to Cho and Cho can just give you ideas for that. And that's probably the best way that I can handle that. Oh gosh. What? 
Mm. You just mess things up. No, I I usually. Uh, Indie Kitty is asking Reynolds, Chaucer or Shakespeare. I only read Chaucer in college, and I didn't really like it because I had to read it. Um, I think Shakespeare, for my money, is more universal, and I like. I think it's it's easier for me to connect to hip hop. That's so that's why I get down with it. We had this really interesting lesson the other day where we talked about. Um, this, I have a video coming out about this. Like, why do we have to learn authors' backstories before we read the book? Like, the kids are like, why do we have to write these notes? Why do I care when Shakespeare was born or how many kids he had or they left his wife or whatever was going on? Um, and it's like, because even in hip-hop culture, like, there's so much, like, when hip-hop started, it was Curtis Blow and Sugar Hill Gang. And then came um, groups like Run DMC and NWA. And then after it, those two groups came out, that changed everything because everyone had to be street everyone had to be hood and and that made you legitimate and so sometimes it's like a lot about learning someone's backstory really um sort of like illuminates why they write the way they write or what they write or how they write or whatever and so i just think that that's interesting um and plus i love there's so many questions we're not going to be able to get them done and it hurts my heart it's hurting your heart right now yes Mm -hmm. is your heart hurting yes literally um did you turn did you turn on your heart light uh marissa marissa you're gonna rock me with this last name koenig i think i might have gotten that right i'm gonna give myself credit for it there's a lot of vowels there marissa is asking hey reynolds first year english teacher for 10th grade having many behavioral issues and had to call for backup during one class period the school as a whole is having negative energy any advice i would say marissa my friday class uh, at the end of the day, sucked. They just pissed me off so bad. They were not shut up, and it made me crazy. Now, the what I didn't realize was that it didn't dawn on me. There was something tragic that happened outside of the school, right? And none of my students were injured, and everyone was safe. Um, but something tragic happened. It did not dawn on me, for whatever reason, that that next day, that act that happened out on the street might have negative um, effects on my students, right? They might come in acting up or, or doing certain stuff because they were worked up about that or, or because that touched something inside of them. I don't think bad, ha- bad um, behavior comes from nowhere, right? I don't, I, I'm not saying it's condonable. I'm saying it can be understood though. Sometimes when you really talk to some students, you spend time building relationships getting to know them, you start to understand like, oh, you had a grandmother that you lost over the summer. Oh, your parents are breaking up. Oh, there's a divorce. Like whatever it is that's going on, there's probably, it's coming from someplace. It probably has nothing to do with you. Um, and and I think building the relationships with students, which could take a long time, right? Like sometimes this shit takes a long time. I have students that are seniors this year that I can just now tolerate. Um, but it's because the work's been put in because you just keep trying over and over and over again. Um, and you don't beat yourself up about it. Like sometimes it's more than you can handle. Sometimes it's more than anyone can handle. I think you take your time, you build those relationships, you try and talk to kids, and then you will see that it just works. And once you can get the majority of the class on your side, they will help you to start like kind of fighting off that negative energy, fighting off the, the, um, the, the side comments and the conversations and stuff like that. Like they literally will help you 
control the class because they want it to be something great as well. Um, and I think, I think there's, it's really, really important to sort of find your tribe, whether that's online or whether that is in your school, like finding your tribe, finding someone you can get down with that wants to get excited about stuff like you do that wants to do good work like you do. And once you find that group, it like, it literally like energizes you in a way that like nothing else can, because you realize you're not in it all by yourself. Jessica Lynn. Yeah, I'm so good. Three out of four names. I got it. It's Jessica Lynn, Sean. She's Wood? a low, low, uh, a long go. Shun? Yeah. Jessica mm -hmm. Lynn, Shun Wood. I, Jessica, I hope I got that right. Um, sped ratio at your school. Man, here's the thing with sped. Special education, right, for people that don't know. It is like... It's, it's kind of like this. Um, it's, it's a lot. We have a lot of special education students. Um, part of that, I think, is because, like, we're, like we're a college prep school, but I think part of it is, hot sitting with this light on me, um, is because we're a safe school. Like, there's not a lot of fights. There's not a lot of bullying that goes on that, not, that I know of. Um, and because we're a safe school, people send their children to our school because uh, they know they're not going to get beat up. They're, they can go to class and be themselves and 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 it's going to be all right. That being said, um, I just think it's kind of like when old people say like, I don't know what the deal is with ADD. Like no one, we didn't have that when I was a kid or like, there was like, there's must be something in the water. Like kids didn't have dyslexia when we were younger. It's like, yeah, they did. Just nobody knew about it. That's like, if people had, you know, that's anything that someone's like, if they just didn't know about it back then, it might be because they just didn't know about it. It's not because it didn't exist. So we do have a lot of special education students at our school. I don't remember what the numbers are, but it's it's a really big number. What do you got there, wife? Sugar, I had it, but I was... Sugar, are you saying swear words now? <laughs> I'm going to start singing. Mm -mm. Oh, uh, Nayara from Music said, just, you can talk about this while I look, but, oh, here I found it. Anyway, she said instead of cereal parties, because they don't, a lot of kids don't like cereal there, they do ramen parties. Oh, oh. Mm -hmm. So Nayara teaches in China, and she said they do ramen parties. Bro, get some top ramen, six for a dollar? There you go. Shrimp flavor. Bam. <laughs> is it healthy? Nope. Either that's cereal. kind of the idea. Cereal. Either Plus we buy, we buy cereal with the least nutritional value. And you're not right. The U.S. government counts pizza as a vegetable. In, I know in they public do. They so, um, Marquand Morrison. Damn, I'm really good. I think I might take that ramen idea. I'll give mm -hmm. her credit for it. Marquand Morrison is saying, um, how do I get over nervousness uh <laughs> do it more <laughs> i think you just do stuff more i think um i think you know it's like the first time you ever kiss somebody you got nervous because you never kissed anybody before but then like you know 10 people in it's a little you get like a little bit of confidence because you're like all right <laughs> kind of know what i'm doing now like I'm, i have a little bit of expertise here uh i think that comes with anything like growing up playing drums the first gig that i ever played i wanted to vomit and then you know 20 gigs in it's like a little bit you're just more confident so i think you just ride the storm and i promise you it gets better but i don't know that there's anything um that i can think of that makes me not nervous i would just kind of you know like to say like dance with it like just go with it and be like all right this i'm nervous and i just you know it's kind of hilarious like i have no control over this and then just know that it's going to get better and better and better 
Caitlin. This is the last question. Okay. It's, it's seven o'clock. Okay. Caitlin's world is saying, Sorry. I don't know if I, if you've dealt with this at all, but how do you deal with special circumstances? I'm a high school senior and I've been hospitalized twice last year. And my teachers wouldn't even cut me a little slack work-wise. So Caitlin, I think this is, this is a great question, right? And maybe like, maybe this is like a public announcement for teachers. I had a student, Kenyatta, and um, Kenyatta was a great dude, right? I had him two times. He failed freshman year the first time because uh, he just clowned around too much and didn't care. And then the second year, he I, – I don't know what happened, but we just really connected, right? And still, even now, if he comes back to my school, I really love seeing him. He's a great dude. He is the size of a rhinoceros, this big, strong kid. He was on the wrestling team. And he was riding a skateboard. He fell off the skateboard and went head first into the side of a car. And so I used to tease him that I'm like, that car is probably totaled after that happened. Um, and when he came back to school, he was out for like a month and a half, maybe two months. Some of the teachers had kept meticulous notes of everything that he had missed, had all of his assignments ready for him. And then um, they were either sending them home to him, which I never, ever, ever do. And I'll talk about that why in a second. And or they gave it all to him when he came back. So now you have a student who was in an accident, who came back to school after being in the accident. And now, aside from feeling overwhelmed by life already, is now been given like this huge pile of work that they now have to make up. Um, and I just think that's wrong. I just think, you know, so I got I got heat from other teachers because I, I said he didn't have to make up anything. You're going to start right now. And then we'll figure it out as we go along, right? Because I knew that that kid wasn't going to pass because he, or he wasn't going to pass or not pass or like, or get away with something because he friggin' like got, didn't have to do all the other work the other students did. And I, nor did I even care if the other students said anything about it. Sometimes people like get like, or like, oh, how come he didn't have to do any of that work? Because he ran into a car with his head. If you do that, you can get out of assignments as well. Like, I'm not saying you should go run out and hit your head on a car. But, like, um, I just think giving kids that fresh start, what it does is it builds trust. It shows that you trust them. It shows that you care. And it shows that, like, dude, let's just start now. I also never send work home. So, like, if someone's mom emails and they're like, um, so-and-so was home vomiting today and is sick with 109 degree fever. Could you please send work home? No, they're vomiting on shit and throwing up and like have a fever. I don't want that stuff handed back into me. Number one and two, just get better. Like it's not that big of a deal that we have to have kids doing all this crap so they can make it up. It's going to be all right. They're not going to like get away with something. I just want to know that our teachers send our children home with stuff like that if they've been out and I just don't do it Yeah, and nobody ever says anything to me. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm thinking of. And so look, look, I'm really sorry if that's, if that's the case, um, maybe you could just have your teachers email me and I could talk to them about it for you. But, uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So I hope that you're better. And I hope that like whatever you're in the hospital for, like is, is getting better. Um, and I don't know that I can help more than that, but if I ever can, please just shoot me an email and I'd like to try and help you as there's much so as I can. Questions. So look, there's a gazillion questions left and it, but it's seven o'clock and I have to feed my kids and make sure no, they get showered. Oh, but they do need, they to do need showers because they stink. <laughs> kids, kids are stinky if you don't, you know, hose them down every once in a while. So here, look, this is what I want to say to you before everyone jumps off. Two things. One, check out Teachers Connect. Two, check out our Facebook group, which is Real Rap with Reynolds teacher talk the, the link, link is in, in the side somewhere also i have a number of people more than i expected but we are 
We're so very close to the mentoring. She I'm just mentoring finalizing thing. the we are, scheduling We program. are individually mentoring people. Or I am. I can always say we because we're working on all this stuff together. But like, I'm um, <laughs> I am mentoring folks that need a little bit of a deeper dive than just this one-off conversation, right? Um, so if you're interested in that, you can send us an email. It took a long time to figure out a website, how to schedule people so that everyone else didn't see who was getting scheduled because we want to respect your privacy, how to get like work out, like how to pay for things like this. Like it was, it just was like, it was a great idea that we weren't sure how to implement, but we really knew that it was important. So I promise you, we've been working on this a lot. Um, and it is, it is ready. So like, if you shoot me an email, I will send you the information about it. Even if you just want to see if it's interesting, maybe you're a coach at your school, maybe you're a department head at your school and you know, someone that needs some coaching. Maybe you are a parent and you know that your kid is struggling, um, as a first year teacher and you want to try and help them out as well. You could like gift it to them or something like that over the holidays. Cause what's better than a real wrap with Reynolds holiday gift. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so that's it everyone i really really appreciate you i hope you hang in there for those of you in australia and new zealand who are apparently done in like a week um and for the rest of us that are like so close we're so close to winter break hang in there i hope it's awesome um and that's it everybody we'll see you next week don't forget to watch the video that's gonna come out in 10 minutes. oh yeah and we have a video coming out in like 10 minutes so there's that too peace awkward ending rain stay